Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Come on and love the Lord all over this building. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. For the Lord is worthy of the praise and the glory. Oh, would you shout hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, praise team. Welcome to our Wednesday night service where God is moving here tonight already in a powerful way. How many of you are glad to be in the house of the Lord on this Wednesday evening? Amen. He has healed our bodies. He's touched our mind. How many have been healed by the hand of God at some point in your life? We just say amen. Praise God. The book of Numbers, if you would turn to the word of the Lord with me, to the book of Numbers, chapter 24. Numbers chapter 24 and verse 12. Also, if you could mark Numbers 31 and 16, we will reference that in a few moments. I do want to say thank you for all of those that have been praying. I appreciate that. I've been very, very sick for a week, and and I do feel stronger. I am better. A little weak tonight, but I'm. I felt like even in the midst of sickness, God gave me a word that I'm going to preach to you tonight. I've learned over the years that the devil does not want you to be blessed. He doesn't want you to be strong. He would love to weaken each and every one of you and conquer you. How many know it's true? I got news for the devil. Amen. You can't bless, you can't curse what God's already blessed. Come on. If God be for us, who can be against us? Do you believe God's on your side? We just shout amen. Turn to your neighbor and smile and say, the Lord's on my side. Amen. So good to have the Bersadis with us tonight. Missionaries of Vietnam, we're so glad that they're here. So thankful for them. Praise God. We we greet you in Jesus' name, and so thankful. They're only here for about another week, I think. And uh, but we're so glad they're here. The book of Numbers, twenty-four, verse twelve. And Balaam said unto Balak, Balak is the king of Moab, and Balak had sent some servants and hired Balaam a prophet to come and curse Israel and this is sort of how it unfolds at the end and Balaam said unto Balak spake I not also to thy messengers which thou sentest unto me saying if Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold I cannot go beyond the commandment of the Lord to do either good or bad of mine own mind but what the Lord saith that will I speak. He, he said, I can't curse the people of God. I can build altars and tribe. And as a prophet, I can only speak what God puts in my mouth. I'd like to preach to you from, from this story of simply living your life according to principle. Living your life according to principles. And would you lift your hands and the teaching of the word of the Lord tonight, I want you to ask God to speak to your spirit. Lord, we love you, Jesus. 
We magnify you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, we pray a moving of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. You may be seated. I will come out of the gate of this sermon tonight to say that there is an enemy of the soul. I want you to hear tonight from me, I say emphatically at the beginning of this sermon, there is a war against your soul. He told Simon Peter, Jesus spake to him and said, Satan desires to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you that your faith fail thee not. My brothers and sisters, the Bible says that the devil is as a roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour. Every day that you get up, there's an enemy that slowly plots a plan to destroy you, your mind, your body, your soul, and even your family. He is not happy because you're free. He is not happy because you are saved. There is today an enemy of our marriage, an enemy of our mind, an enemy of our righteous life with the Lord. He does not want you to live victoriously, prosperously. He does not want you to be healthy. He does not want you to be happy. He would love to destroy you. There is an enemy. Do you believe there's an enemy of the soul tonight? How many know that old Slewfoot the devil? The Bible calls him that old serpent, the devil. All the way back in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve were in the paradise of paradise. They didn't have a headache, pain, sin, or sorrow, regret. But the serpent moved in, began to beguile them and trick them until they had sinned and were separated from the things of God. Then to wake up with pain and bruises and death and sickness and agony. That is what the devil wants to do. I blame all your trouble on the devil. I blame divorce on the devil. I blame our mental ailments on the devil. I blame the things we go through on the devil. I know not everything can be blamed, but I'm gonna tell you most things, he would love to come and destroy every single one of you. But I've got news, good news for you tonight. There's one in this room that's greater than the devil that's against you. There's one in this room that's greater than any adversary that would come against your mind. Things that would come against your spirit, there is a greater in the building. He is great and he is greatly to be praised. He has a name that is above every name. His name is Jesus and he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I haven't come to make you afraid tonight. I come to tell you that no weapon formed against you shall prosper in the name of Jesus, you've got authority over every enemy. You've got authority over every opposing voice. You have authority over every attack that he could bring against you. There is greater that is with us. Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, ye have overcome them. Little children, for greater, somebody shout greater, is he a man that is with you than he that is within the world. 
There's an enemy, but I serve a greater God than anything that could come against me tonight. Clap your hands and praise him. He shows up in Jesus' life. He shows up in Jesus' life and he tempts the Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and tries to get even the Son of God to bow down to him and turn these stones into bread and throw yourself off of this cliff. And he quotes the devil sly, you know. He, he, he's got enough Bible to make himself seem, seem uh, uh, to someone you can converse with and have conversations with. He just got enough holiness to make it seem like he, he's got a little something for you to hear. But he quotes Bible to the Lord and he said, cast yourself off the cliff. Does not even the Bible say that your angels will take charge of you, that you will not dash your foot against the stone. Meaning because you're the son of God, God is not gonna allow you to crumble off the cliff. Just fall, he'll take care of you. And Jesus said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. I come with fair warning tonight as well. Just because you're saved, blood washed, filled with the Spirit, faith with attending the house of God does not mean you can live frivolously, that you can live carelessly, you can live unintentionally. You can just go wherever you want to go, do whatever you want to do, hang out whoever you want to hang out with, watch whatever movie, listen to whatever music, and just live your life free-hearted and say, well, I'm the child of God, I'm going to be okay. Hear me tonight. That's not how we live our life. He said, be holy as I am holy. That means there's some things you don't touch. There's some places you don't go. Come on, just because God's for us doesn't mean we can live just any life and do anything that we want to do. God's hand was no doubt on the children of Israel. They, they, when, they, when they would walk and red seas would part, Jericho walls crumbled. Enemies would come against them and God would give them great victory. Everywhere they went, God was for them and backed them up. Matter of fact, there's a king by the name of Balak that I mentioned here tonight. Everybody say Balak. Balak was so concerned about the children of Israel that he actually made the statement. He said, I see that they are greater than we are and that we cannot overcome them so realizing the power that was on these people and I tell you tonight the devil knows who you are he understands that he cannot take you out he also understands he cannot curse that which God has protected you look at the book of Job and Job served God with his heart a prayerful man hated evil didn't love the ways of, of sin and, and the devil showed up and said, and the Lord looked at Satan and said, have you considered my servant Job that he hates your ways and he loves me? And he said, why wouldn't he love you? You put a hedge around everything he has. I can't touch his family. I can't touch his finances. I can't touch his health. No wonder he serves you. He said, you take, you take the hedge away, he'll curse you to your face. He said, not Job. And we see in a one day, what can happen when God removes the hedge? I'm telling you tonight, we are a blessed people. We are protected by God. Oh, yes, we are. If you could open your eyes. I'm not just talking to churchgoers. I'm talking about king's kids tonight. 
The Bible says we are heirs to, to Christ. Amen. We have been born. We born again. We are sons of God. If you could see in this room the angels that are on this platform with me, if you could see the angel that stands beside my children's bed at night, you'd understand. You could see what the devil cannot do to me because I'm in covenant with him. Psalms 23 is a powerful description of that power. When David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I'm not in this by myself. Amen, he's my shepherd, I shall not want. He said he's gonna take care of my needs. How many believe that? He, he, I shall not want for he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. I'm gonna build your faith in. I'm gonna kick the devil in the teeth tonight. Is that all right? I'm gonna build your faith up tonight. He leadeth me beside still waters. That means he calms the storms in my life. Oh yeah, yay. He goes on and says, he restoreth my soul. He leadeth me through paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Brother Justin, he said, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He understood I'm not here by myself. The Lord is here. He is right here, right now with me. He's not confined to the Anchor Church, 1365 Chamberlain Street. But when I get in my truck tonight and I drive to 6060 Lambert Road, he's in that car with me. When I get to my house, he's there with me. When I get up and go on vacation, the Lord is with me. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's why we sing songs like Blessed Assurance. Jesus is mine. Somebody shout, he's with me. Brother Zion, I can go on and tell you that he said, for thou art with me. He said, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now y'all gotta help me preach on a Wednesday night. Reach out your right hand and reach past your neighbor a little bit and say, thy rod and thy staff. Come on, wiggle a little bit. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Know what he was saying? I've got him on my right and I've got him on my left. He said, thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. I've got him in front of me. He doesn't stop there. He said, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I've got him behind me. That way when life bumps me back a little bit, I'm standing on goodness and I'm standing on mercy. You hear this. He didn't love you because of your perfection. He's good to you because he's perfect. And he even allows a little cushion for your mistake because we're not perfect in who we are as people. But when we make a mistake, we bounce back and we land upon his mercy that is renewed every morning. I can get up and start all over. I still belong to him and he still belongs to me. Somebody shout the goodness of God. Everybody shout goodness and mercy shall follow me. Not judgment. Not judgment. He does not reward me according to my iniquity. Psalms 103. 
but he healeth me of all my diseases. He forgives me of all my iniquities. As far as the east is from the west so far, hath he removed our transgressions from us. I come to preach to somebody tonight. Uh, it's not over yet. You might have had a step back, uh, but you're stepping into something that's more powerful than your mistake, uh, more powerful than your failure. Somebody say Amen. Everybody, look at your neighbor and say, he's beside me. To my right, to my left, he's in front of me. Just reach out in front of you a little bit and say, he's in front of me. Turn around behind you and say, goodness and mercy's behind me. Oh, he didn't stop there. He didn't stop there. He said, he anoints my head with oil. He's over top of me. And when it starts at the top of my head, the oil of gladness, the oil of anointing, the anointing that's more powerful than the adversary. The Bible says the anointing shall break the yoke. The anointing of his spirit. The Bible says Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he hath anointed me. When the anointing comes over the top of my head, it flows all the way down to the hem of my the hem of my garment means he's all over me. Every now and then church will sing a song. He's all over me and he's keeping me alive. Jesus is keeping me alive. I come to tell you, I've got too much God with me to lose because there's an adversary. I've got too much God for me to fail even though there's an adversary. The devil knows God is with me. Paul said, he's Christ in you. I got him on the inside. He's on my right, he's on my left, he's on my front, he's on my back, he's over me, he's down inside me, and he's keeping me alive. I come to tell you, that is the depiction of a saint of God, 365, 24-7. Doesn't matter what's going on, God is with me. And on this Wednesday night sermon, I've come to tell you, you got to wake up and realize I am not by myself. God's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Am I preaching to some saint? Am I preaching to some person right now? You felt the attack of the enemy. I come to tell you the devil's a loser and he's going to lose again. There's a victorious God in this building that's going to set you free from the things that's been against you. Balak, the king of Moab, has, he has a cabinet meeting. His war strategy, his captains look at him. He understands you cannot defeat the people of God. These children of Jacob, the, the children of Israel, these Israelites, everywhere they go, they have victory. Can't defeat them. So he hears about a man by the name of Balaam. Balaam's a prophet. Balaam is a man that whatever he said, he's known for. There's not a lot of details about Balaam. Can't even prove that he's a Hebrew, but I do know scripturally he's a prophet. That God puts words in his mouth of whatever he speaks, it comes to pass. Whether it's a curse or whether it's a blessing. And this man, Balak, knew we cannot overcome the children of Israel. So let's hire the prophet to curse them. And if he can curse them and weaken them, we'll go destroy them. 
So he got some of his servants together, got some money and gifts and sent it to the prophet. And they said, King Balak would like us to say to you that he'd like to hire you to curse the children of Israel. He said, if you don't mind, he said, I need to go talk to the Lord. I got to go talk to the boss. He goes and tells the Lord, he said, King Balak has sent me finances and he's wanting me to come and curse the children of Israel. And when he tells the Lord, the Lord said, don't go with them. I don't want you to go with those men. I don't want you to curse those people. Leave them alone. He goes back and says, the boss said no. Not going. They went back to Balak and Balak got some more honorable servants than them. And finances were a little bigger check, if you will, and more honorable of the kingdom and more dignified people from that, from that palace. And they come down and knock on his door and said, Balaam, Balak has sent us to you again and he's got a better offer this time. And Balaam stops right there. He says, listen. He said, if he gave me all of the silver and all the gold in his house, I wouldn't go. I'm not going to do what he wants me to do. He said, but I'm going to go talk to the boss. He goes back, talks to the Lord, and says, Lord, they made me a better offer this time. And the Lord said, go ahead and go. And the Bible says he went with him, and God's anger was against him because he went. You can ask God for things he's already told you no to. And he might tell you to go ahead and go. But if he said no on the first time, I don't, have, I don't care how good the offer is, you better not go. Come on, I'm preaching to you tonight. And he gets on his donkey, starts making his way with these men, leading him with these finances he's going to get. And he's on the way. That donkey looks up and there's an angel with a sword standing in the path. And the angel divide, diverts into the field and he kicks that, kicks that donkey. What are you doing? And it trots back into a vineyard and <laughs> when it trots back into a vineyard between two narrow walls, that donkey looks up and sees that angel with the sword drawn again and that, that, that donkey leans into the wall and crushes his foot and he hits it with the stick again. And he looks up and sees a third time that angel with the sword drawn. And, and that, that donkey falls on the ground. And when it does, he hits that donkey again. The Bible says that God opened the mouth of the donkey. And said, have not I been with you all these years and you smitten me three times? That donkey didn't only talk, it counted. He can use anything. God was trying to get his attention. You're in bad shape if you talk back to the donkey. I'm just going to tell you right now. The Bible says at that moment, that donkey that was trying to get his attention, I'm talking about you can become so enamored with where you're going, you can't see what everybody else can see. 
You can be so enamored by what you're about to receive that you can't see what God's trying to show you, even through the mouth of a donkey. And finally, the Bible says, he's opened his eyes, and the angel of the Lord is standing with the sword drawn to kill him. Who? The prophet. Why? Because God doesn't want anybody to curse his people. I feel in the room tonight, especially in this region, there's this inadequate spirit that always feels like God is against you. He's not. He's not. Some of you think you deserve every bad thing you get, but that's not Bible. He took care of that at the cross. He buried it in a grave. Come on now. When you repented of your sins or washed in his blood and filled with his spirit, he gave you a new day. All things made new. You don't have to live in that. He's going, I'm going to have to receive all these things because all those years I've done wrong. Somebody say amen. Tell your neighbor God wants to bless you. Do you believe that tonight? God, I want you to shout, God wants to bless me. I know you believe it. And so Balaam, Balaam says, Lord, what do I do? And he said, well, go on. He goes on and arrives with the servants of the king. And Balak, Balak is there. And he said, all right, glad you're here. Let's go curse these people. And if you curse them, I'm going to bless you with all this finances. And um, he goes up and gets on top of the mountain at Baal Peor, which was a, a high place to the God of Baal. But from that place, you could look down in the valley and see the millions of the children of Israel. He said, well, let's build an altar. And built seven altars. And, and Balaam went there and, and started calling on God. And when he did, the Lord put a word in his mouth. And it didn't come out of curse. <coughs> it came out of blessing. And he said something like this. He said, the Lord his God is with him, speaking to the children of Israel. And the shout of a king is among them. Woo. We got to get the shout of the king among us. Come on, we're not just showing up church, going through little church motions. We, we need the shout of a king. You know what that means? We lift up the king of kings. The Bible said, lift your head, O ye gates, for the king of glory shall come in. Let me just say it. The reason there's an exuberance worship in this church, even when they were singing the slow song, I just want speak the name of Jesus over fear and all anxiety. When you begin to hear that song, something begin to lift in this room. You know what it was? Every believer understands the king of glory is greater than any sin. The king of glory is in this building. Come on, he's, 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 he can heal years of abuse. He can heal years of chaos. Everybody say the shout of the king is here. When a king walks in, everything's different. That's right. And he, he goes on and, and, and Balaam, let me stay on point here, and Balaam says... And the shout of a king is among them. Everybody say, the shout of a king is among us. Balak's waiting on a curse, and here's what he says. God brought them out of Egypt. He hath, as it were, the strength of a unicorn. Verse 23, you got to get this tonight. I want you to mark this in your Bibles, and don't ever forget this next verse. I want to teach you from this verse for just a moment. 
He said, surely there is no enchantment against Jacob. Neither is there any divination against Israel. What he was saying is, no witch. Nobody can curse the people of God. Listen, you don't think that's here in the, in the States, but that stuff, that stuff is real. There are witches and there are people that would love to curse the things of God. Come on, I'm telling you, just because you, 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 just because you watch it on Disney doesn't mean it's not real in life. Witches and warlocks and you go over to other nations and other countries, you'll find black magic is very real. My brother was preaching a crusade in Africa and a man came and pulled a snake out of his mouth. Pulled a snake and was trying to throw a hex on him and a curse on him. My brother said, in the name of Jesus, that will not come against me. And a wind began to blow and blew a dust storm and pushed a crowd of people. They were trying to not get to come to that crusade in Africa. And there were so many people that gave their life to God. You know why? Because the God that's for me is greater than anything trying to curse me. You can't curse what God's blessing. I want you to shout, you can't curse what God's blessing. I don't care how many witches would like to pray against it. When my dad went to Parkersburg and planted the church, every year the witches would show up in black and red capes and march around them. March around the church trying to curse the Pentecostals of Parkersburg. Every year the whole uh, uh, group of 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 witches would march around the church trying to curse it. But you can't curse with God's blessing. You say, I don't know if I believe that. Well, you need to open your eyes because there is an enemy of the soul. There are people that do not believe what we believe, would love to see the church shut down. Oh, it's the truth. Never forget T.W. Barnes talking about a lady. He's having break the revival. Break the revival. And uh, um, uh, a witch called him and said, I just want you to know that I prayed against you and a spirit is going to come and haunt you tonight. What called him on the phone and said he felt that spirit coming to his house and he said, I command you to go back where you came from and the curse you were trying to get bring against me, I send you back to the person that sent you. That witch called him later and said, it's driving me crazy. It's driving me crazy. Get this thing out of my house. I come to preach to you right now. I feel a little hesitance because we, we've animated things nowadays. That when the Bible says you shall cast out devils and, and those things, we think that stuff really, really isn't, isn't, isn't real. I'm going to tell you there is an enemy. Years ago, I heard the story of a stewardess that walked up to a person on the plane. and When they went up and they said, hey, would you like, would you like this meal? And, and they said, no, I'm fasting. And that person said, uh, well, are you a preacher? Are you a Christian and fasting? They said, no, I am a member of the satanic church. We are fasting and praying to Satan right now to send a spirit to every Christian home and separate their family and divorce to their relationships and begin to speak these things. It troubles me when I see in courthouses that Satan has, the image of Satan has been set up in courthouses. The devil would love to change this nation. It's awkward in this room right now because I'm talking about what the enemy would like to do. But the devil cannot stop what God has put in forward motion. Come on, we need some saints of God that said you can't have my family. You can't have my children. There's no room for you in my house.
house. Come on, is there anybody here that believes in the power? The power of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Oh yeah, the devil. The devil sent somebody here one time on a Sunday night. I later found out they were, they were sitting in a chair right here. I didn't know it. It was a full house. There was a person here. My wife saw what was going on. Some other people saw what was going on. This person was down here and had some type of is a hexagram. I don't know. What, what are they called? Pen of something. I don't know. It's so funny to me because they were of the satanic church. They, they had the audacity to come to the front row. It's real. It's real, isn't it? It's real. Wicked, all kinds of stuff. I remember in school they had seances in the hallway of the school. Ouija boards and they get scared to death because spirits would show up in that house. My, why am I talking about this tonight? God have mercy. And this person showed up right here with the audacity to try to curse me. And they, I didn't even, they, they, were, they were trying to put a spell on me. You know they had to be so mad because I never even knew they were there. After church, I felt sorry for them. They were on their knees in the ground. I went to pray, and the Lord doesn't let me pray for everybody, and I overrode it that night because I just felt sorry for the person. I, I leaned down, and I felt, Lord, and I felt like I wasn't supposed to pray for them. I leaned down, and I said, something to them. I, I don't remember. They responded, no, they didn't want prayer. But they were, they were there sent to try to curse me, and I didn't even see them. You know it made the devil mad. But you can't curse what God's hand is upon. You can't. I come to tell you the hand of God is going to bless you mightily. I wish somebody would stand and say, it's going to be my greatest year. It's going to be my greatest year. It's going to be the best year I've ever had in my life. Tell your neighbor, God's going to bless us. Everybody say, no enchantment shall come against me. No word of divination shall come against me. Tell your neighbor, you can't curse what God's blessing. Do you believe that? Can go ahead and live in the power of that. Go ahead and live in the freedom of that. Be seated a few more moments. I'm not going to be much longer. He said, surely there is no enchantment. Everybody say, no enchantment against Jacob, neither is there any divination against Israel. Behold, the people shall rise up as a great lion, lift up himself as a young lion. He shall not lie down until he eat of the prey, drink the blood of the slain. Talking about a parallel of the strength of a lion. Talking about the people of God are mighty. And Balak's like, Balaam, what are you doing? I didn't bring you here to say that kind of stuff. You're supposed to be talking about how they're going to lose. They're going to die in fear. All chaos is coming. You're talking about how great they are. He said, I told you. I can't speak but what God puts in my mouth. Whew. Well, let's go to the other side. Let's, let's try it again. And they go to another area and look down. and He builds up seven altars and goes talks to the Lord. And he starts blessing third time. Third time was the text I read to you tonight. He said, I told you. 
if you give me all the silver and all the gold of your house, I can't but speak with that which God puts in my mouth. And they're going to whip you. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, we're going to whip the devil. Amen. He's scared. I'm telling you, he's scared of you. He's scared of you because he knows what's with you. Come on, resist the devil and he will flee. You know why? Because the angels of the Lord show up. The angels of the Lord in this room right now. Amen. I want you to shout with vigor. I want you to shout, I am a winner. And we are victorious. I don't care how much struggle you've had in the past. I blame it on the devil. The devil tricked you. He trapped you at some moment. You lived your life in sin and the chaos that went with it, the bondage, the issues, the, the whatever the bondage, the issues that you dealt with, I blame it on the devil in your life. But it, it was a stronghold in your life. But guess what? When you came to the Lord or come to the Lord, I don't care how many years it had a hold on you, it cannot keep you from where God's going to take you. Freedom is in your future. Joy is in your future. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. There's... I say this and I'm going to close. I realize I haven't got to my text. But I haven't missed it. You've got to live your life according to principles. Because the devil can't stop you. The enemy can't curse you. No enchantment. No divination. But in Numbers 31 and 16 says, after, right about when Balaam went to his house and Balak went home. Balaam gave a little bit of counsel. I can't curse him, but I'll tell you how to find God's hand, pull off of him. Here's what you do. Let Midianitish women, let your people mix with their people. Let the daughters of your men mix with them. Not just Midianite women, but everybody say ish. You know what ish is? There's an ish problem in the church sometimes. You ever have anybody say, I'm going to be there around five-ish? You know what that means? They're not going to be there at five. Almost every time they're coming late. Ish means no absolutes. And if you want to bring confusion and chaos to a believer, to a person that's blessed. Let the world get in their home. Let's, let stuff that's not like God get into their mind. Let the ish show up at the house of God. What happened was so sad that it happened. They began to send their daughters these women from Midian began to show up and join themselves with the children of God. Midianite-ish. They're almost Christian. It's like a devil talking to you but quoting Bible. It's, it's the serpent in the garden that shows up that says, hath, hath God said? Knows enough scripture to See like it, it's okay. It's just God. I, I, I know the song seems rebellious, but they said Jesus one time. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I remember when gospel rock come out. They, 
It would be advertised where rebellion and Christianity can be in the same setting. Mosh pits at Christian concerts. and It's an ish. It's not of God. It's where, where you can say sometimes the right thing. But I, I think of the woman of divination in the New Testament that came against Paul. As she said, these are the men of God which brings the truth. But it grieved the spirit because what she said was true, but she said it in the wrong spirit. All of a sudden you begin to entertain things that are not of God and not like God. I say to you today, you've got to live your life according to principle. Just because you're blessed doesn't mean you can't ever become cursed. There's some things you don't do. Come on, men, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't take, men, listen to me. You don't go to lunch with somebody of the opposite sex. And just you and them spend time together. Ladies, you don't, you, don't, you don't text somebody else and have a BFF that's not your husband that's of the opposite sex. 70 hours of intimate conversation, texting or conversation is going to lead to sexual immorality. Sometimes we see the blessing of God, but we begin to override principles and things that aren't right. And, oh, my land, it's so tight in here right now. We start letting stuff mix in our home and in our media. I think we have to be very careful just because it's under the title of entertainment. It's okay to watch it and let it in the home. And next thing you know, your mind is spun out and desires are coming to things that were never like God. Are y'all hearing what I'm telling you? Just because the hand of God is upon you, no enchantment can come against you. You got to be careful of the counsel of Balaam. Let's let the world mix among them. There's no sword in their hand. It's just an ish. It's almost righteous, but not completely worldly, but not completely righteous either. It's, it's a blend of both. You start seeing just enough, just enough like me to accept it, but it's enough of the world to remove God from your life. I say to every man, every woman in this room, God's hand had to pull away from them. Anybody need to relate with what I'm talking about? You think I'm preaching to your neighbor, but I'm preaching to you. How are the mighty fallen? Let's stand. You've got to live your life according to principles. Not just he's blessed me, I'm going to be okay. It's here a little, it's there a little, it's just a little bit of sin. The Bible says it's a little leaven that leaveneth the whole leaven of the whole love. No, no sin starts with great sin. It starts with little sin. Here a little and there a little. How did I get to where I am? Can I ask you a question tonight? <clears throat> Is there anything in your home that's not right with God? Is there anything in your house that's not right with God? Are there conversations you have that do not please the Lord? Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be what? And all of a sudden, there's a lady by the name of Cosby. Cosby shows up, a Midianitish woman, and gets into a relationship with Zimri. And they see that God's hand has begun to pull away from the children of Israel. 
because of what they allowed in the camp. A man by the name of Phineas, zeal of the Lord came upon him. In days where spiritual things were fought physically, he runs in with a javelin and sticks a spear through a javelin through both of them, Cosby and Zimri, till they die. And the Bible says, and it's that day that the Lord said, because this man took a stand for righteousness, that the judgment stopped in the children of Israel. One man, one moment, said, not in my camp, not in my house. It's simply this. You might have been away from the Lord, coming back to the Lord. You know what's going to bring you back? As you say, I'm not going to let the devil come into my life. I'm not going to let him put things in my life that are unholy, unrighteous, impure. The devil can't curse me, but I'm not going to let something that God has cursed in my life, in my home, in my marriage, with my children, in my mind. <laughs> you know what that was? It was an act of repentance. They said, not in my heart. I have been preaching before. And people start going to their car and emptying stuff out and throwing it in the dumpster. I've been preaching before and people start cleaning their car, their homes out. They said, I don't want anything in my house that will allow a curse of God to come in my family. Somebody shout, not in my house. You know what I think would be great? Is you get your eyes, you get your, you get your righteous inspectors on. And you go home. Don't judge somebody else's house. I'm not asking you to come to mine. If you like, I'd come to yours. Why don't we just make that appointment? I can walk up and down the... Imagine the preacher showed up. Oh, my God. Throw that away. Lock that door. Maybe nobody here, but the truth of the matter is God's in your house. I'm not coming to your house. I'm just going to tell you, I'm not coming inspecting your house. But what if the Lord looked inside to see what you were thinking about tonight? What's on your mind and what you're struggling with? <laughs> I wish there was a Phineas spirit that would get up and say, I'm not going to let anything, I'm not going to let the enemy trick me any longer. I'm telling you tonight, you're a one prayer meeting away from destroying everything that's been against you one on your knee saying I'm not letting this in my life anymore I know that person was wrong I should have you ever had somebody come in your life that wasn't right come on be honest with me right now who's ever had somebody come in your life that wasn't right everybody at some point say my life turned when they showed up in my world it's sent by the enemy it's a Balaam's counsel the Bible says that the greed of Balaam the counsel of Balaam he couldn't curse me, but he knew he knew how to get me influenced. And God hated Balaam, and God brought judgment against Balaam because of the counsel that he gave to the king. And that was a sin, the Midianitish things among them, and God will pull his hand off them. I feel tonight that that's the attack of the enemy in 2024. Can't stop the church. So let's... Fill the home with stuff that God doesn't approve of. Amen.
God is going to break every curse. The Bible says that the curse that came was turned to blessing. And I believe that's going to happen in somebody's life. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If it doesn't line up with His Word, I don't want it in my mind or my heart, in my home. I want our home to be holy, our house to be happy. If you obey the Word of the Lord tonight, you're going to find abundant deliverance and freedom. Oh, yes, you are. He's trying to destroy your life, destroy your family. But if you live according to biblical principles, you're going to find every door is shut to the enemy. And God's going to bless abundantly. And in this room tonight, every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here tonight and you say, man, I've had an attack against my life and I'm ready to be free. Would you raise your hand? I see hands all over this room. Hands all over this room. I'm going to tell you what God's going to do. You'll step out of your seat and come to this altar and bend your knee and tell the Lord, I don't want this stuff in my life anymore. I give it to you. You're going to find victory on every level, on every day, emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually. God's going to begin to prosper your steps, your ways, and your mind. I can't beg you to come, but if you, I'll tell you, I wish you'd get out of your seat all over the building. There were dozens of hands that were raised in this room. I want you to, won't you invite your neighbor? Say, let's go pray. Let's go pray. Come on, to ask somebody beside you. Say, I want you to go to the altar and pray with me. Tonight's your night for victory. I'm telling you, I wouldn't wait another week. Today is the acceptable time. Watch what God does. Watch what the Lord does. I'm going to live my life according to principle. I know the enemy can't curse me. But I'm going to shut the door to some things that he's been trying to send my way. Come on, that's it. The Lord is moving. God is speaking. Come on, there's victory happening right now. I want our altar team to help me right now. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Go ahead and begin to sing. Speak victory. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.